robbing a bank to me because I played sports and I played football is like running for a touchdown. Hey, this is Matt Cox, and I am here with, we're going to do a podcast here with Robert Batman Edwards, and he's robbed 10 banks in an armored car. Uh, approximately. Approximately 10 banks in an armored car, which, and so, all right, so we're going to do an interview real quick. Check it out. All right, so, all right, so it's, I'm going to call you Batman. Yes, sir. All right, so everybody calls you Batman. We'll or but we have a mutual friend that calls you a uh, Rob, but right. so Batman, everybody. Call. I noticed when you called me, it said Batman. A lot of people, a lot of Batman. people tell me that I didn't even know yeah. it was. I don't know how it happened, but um. Batman. So uh, okay. So so what happened? Let's start real quick with um. Basically, where were you born? Well, I was Tampa born or? here. Yeah, I was born here in Tampa. You know, I was born in 1967, December 23rd, Christmas Day. All right. Um. Yeah, I was born uh, in the Seminole area, Seminole Heights area. I went to Greco. I went to um, Sly Junior High School. I went to King for my sophomore year, but I ended up going to Armwood for my, um, my to finish my two years up. I graduated first class at Armwood. Um, I started working at a roughly young age, I guess. While I was in school, I think I was going, I was working also. I was working at a Mexican restaurant on Del Mabry called Casa Gallardo. Um, I started out there washing dishes, um, busing, things of that nature. Um, you know, working was work. Um, after that, I, I, you know, I've grown up. I always wanted, I guess, to be my own person. I wasn't really good with people really telling me what to do. Right. Um, I I love to learn, but once I figured out I got the job, I'm ready to go. You know, I want to be off on my own. You feel me? Instead of somebody telling me, "Hey, man, hey, we need you to do this," and I got kind of like fed up not being able to move further at Casa Gallardo in my job. They just wanted to continue me busing and washing dishes and things. So we had a problem. People was getting hired above me. Right. And Sorry. yeah, people was hired. And above me, I had been there like a year and a half or so and, and just wasn't moving from that spot. Ended up getting uh, fired, sort of kind of quit at the same time because I just neglected doing the things I was supposed to do at the job, coming in late, things of that nature, because I just was ready to go. You know, I was getting fed up with it. So after that little venture, um, I was unemployed. I was living with my mom. Uh, just hanging out with fellas, doing little things. My brother-in-law, we was just, you know, hanging out, doing little things, smoking a little weed here and there, things of that nature. Um, I started another job. Yeah, I started right. another job. This was probably uh, 92. I was working with my father, Ed Morris Cadillac. At the same time, I was working for, I was working two jobs at that time. I was working at Ed Morris Cadillac, and I also was working at, um, Cash and carry. I was working Ed Moore's in the daytime, cash and carry at night. Is cash um, and carry still around? No. Okay. No. I think when Dixie bought out cash and carry, something something like that back in the day. So I was um I was working at cash and carry at night from midnight to like seven in the morning, putting stock up and then like eight, nine o'clock in the morning I'd go from there to Ed Moore's Cadillac and I drove parts. I was a parts delivery. 
so after a while um i dibbled and dabbled in different things um i got out there in the streets a little bit while i was doing the parts going by my cousin house seeing how they were making thousands and thousands of dollars a day you know just sitting around the house you know i was like man how did y'all doing this so um he's like hey you know we're doing this right here this right here came out which is was crack crack right cocaine. okay i was like damn what is that and he was like oh they take cocaine they made this right here so i started doing that for a little while he showed me the ropes made some money in that ended up quitting the job at ed morris cadillac and when dixie because the money doing the other thing was greater than working both of those right, jobs. Right. You know, I was making a lot more money. At that time, I think Reagan was president, and they had he he, he made a drug seizer or something. And they they were fighting the drugs against uh, Colombia or whatever. It was a big drug thing going on that year, and so it was hard to get cocaine. It was hard to get product. Right. So, you know. So it was, and I was a small guy. I was nothing big or nothing. So. If the big guy wasn't getting it, you know, definitely the small guy wasn't getting it. So I was spending my money. It wasn't. It wasn't there. It was just going, going, going. I would. I. I had everything going out, but nothing coming in. So we were sitting around with my brother-in-law. Um, you know, we were just talking, and I was like, <laughs> I think I said something like, "Man, you know what, man? I need to rob a bank, something like that." And he was like, "Man, rob a bank." I like, yeah, man, I was like, man, look, that's the only place you're going to go get it, and it's there. You just got to know how to do it. You just got to you gotta be able to do it. And he was like, See, he uh, just smiling. He was just laughing. He was just, I mean, just was, that, There's a, a quote from a guy named Slick Willie Sutton, who was a bank robber, and they, when they asked him, like, why do you rob banks? He goes, because that's where the money is. That's where the money right, is. Just I, going I, straight I, to the source. I, I mean, you know, growing up, you watch the news. People was robbing like little grocery stores, little gas stations, and getting what like five hundred dollars and stuff. Like I'm like, man, look, no, why would you take that chance when you can take a chance to do something bigger? You're gonna get basically almost the same time. Look, if I'm gonna do that, I'm gonna do that. I always been about bigger things. You feel me? Right. Always been about the big. I, there's nothing small and petty about me. If I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go all the way. I've always been like that. I always thought like that. So, um, my brother-in-law, I think like maybe two days later or something, he came to me. He was like, hey, man, I know this guy, and he wants to rob a bank. I'm like, yeah, who is he? Like, oh, it's this white guy. I know y'all. I'm like, damn. So, the white guy? This is serious. <laughs> you know, he was there. Like, I was about like, man, maybe he just bullshitting. He might not be. But he said it was a white dude. I like, well. This guy might know something. We can probably be able to help you. He might not know. So anyway, look. He introduced me to him. He brought him over. He introduced me to him. He told me he had been watching this bank. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> it, it was so crazy, man. This guy can come and take me to this bank. It's okay if I give address? Yeah. Okay, so he went and took me to this bank. It's a bank on Hillsborough, Havana. That's my first bank. My very, very first bank. Hated that bank. Reason being because you had to be buzzed in. That was my first thing. Why would you rob a bank? Why would you rob a bank and you have to be buzzed in? That but seems super. He was like, man, I've been watching. It's going to be easy, man. It's, it's easy. You can. It's going to be easy. I'm telling you. 
was premature. I was like, okay, shit, he's been watching. I'm going to do this. He's like, okay, I got a guy. He's going to steal the car, and we're going to do it. I say, look, we're going to need two cars. If I'm going to do it, we're going to need two cars because simple fact, on that first car, once they once they get that, that make and model in that car, they're going to be on it. So we're going to have to be able to get to another car without being seen, leave that car there, and we're going to – that was my whole thing. Giving a whole – giving – Making a like an obstacle illusion, make them think I'm going one way when I went the other way. You feel me? So what I would do, I would get in the car, get to my other car, have no one see me, bend the corner. When they think you're going north, I'm actually going to be going back south or something like that. I'm gonna get to you right here. This is how it happened. I said, look, we're gonna have to, we're gonna need two cars. He said, okay, fine, prof, no problem. We end up getting a Mustang. We stole a Mustang he got from someone. One of his buddies got a Mustang. We've already had uh, a Maxima. Okay, a Nissan Maxima. I had basically got that Maxima myself from the Nissan place on um, Fletcher. <laughs> oh, Fletcher is crazy. Anyway, with keys and everything. So we've, I had been driving that car for maybe like six months or so. So that was, that was going to be our second car. So, it was me, him, and another guy. I'm going to just call him D. D was with us. We had everything. We had the gun. We had the mask. We had the bags. We, we had clothes. I had a change of clothes because I always wanted to go in the bank with one, one outfit on, but I wanted to be able to change. When I'm coming out or wherever I go, I want to be able to be changed. I don't want to have the same type of clothes on because I know them the first thing people are going to be looking for, the officer is going to be looking for that. So, as we're driving up Hillsboro, we get to Armenia. Right. Okay, you know, the, the bank I'm talking about is the next light, which is Urbana. The guy who was with me, the D was in the back. The other guy who originally, the white guy, he was sitting in the front. As soon as I pull up to the light, the guy just started crying. He said, Rob, I can't do this, man. I can't do this. And I'm like, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. He's like, no, man, I'm on federal probation. I can't Wh- do that. Which guy is this? This is the white guy. The white who guy? originally who said right, he right, wanted it, okay. who I was introduced to, yeah. to do this. Okay. <laughs> All right. So he's on federal paper. <laughs> he's on federal pr- paper for uttering a forged instrument. I found out that later. All right. Anyway, we pull up to the light. He'll burn on me. And this guy like, man, I can't do it, man. I just can't do it. I can't do it. I can't do it. I said, damn. Okay. Rob, what you gonna do? I said, just chill, you know, hey, just chill, it's okay, it's okay. I said, hey, damn, what's up? Which D, hey, what's up? I said, you still wanna do this? He like, hey man, whatever you wanna do. I said, fuck it, we gonna do it. I pull over over there to um, Crystal's, Crystal's Hamburgers, right there. I pulled over to Crystal's right across the street from the bank. Right. Dropped him off. The white guy got out, Dana got up front, it's just me and him, I already have the, um, Nissan Maximum behind the Winn-Dixie because right there on the corner was the bank. The grocery store right there was Winn-Dixie, old Winn-Dixie, if I'm not mistaken, because it's Publix now, but it wasn't Publix then. Uh, yes, it was Publix. It was Publix then. So we put the, the other getaway vehicle behind Publix. So me and Dana... 
dropped him off. We got in the car. We rode up to it. We go up to the bank. I already know we had to be buzzed in because he told us, but I didn't want to do it because it's you crazy. never even went. To the I bank didn't even first. know. You didn't never. Even go, you didn't even check it out yourself first. You just thought he had it all taken. Well, care of. I went first that night before. I went to look in the window. Right, but you didn't. Okay, but it okay. wasn't open. You don't. No, it wasn't know. open. I went at night just to look in the window. I wanted to see everywhere the camera was placed, yeah. the layout. You know where everything. How far I'm gonna have to run to get. Woo, woo, woo. I did that, but I never went in there before that. Prior to that. Me and Dana, we pulled up to the front of the bank. We're sitting there in the car. I don't think I got my mask pulled down. I just got it like pulled right up at the top around my head. Okay, we're sitting there. I got gloves on and everything. I see two old people getting out the car. I know they're going to have to be buzzed in. I say, Dana, you see them two people right there? When they get out the car and they get up there, we're going in right behind them. He said, all right. Never not knowing that Dana's going to really go behind me. I'm just thinking, hey, when you see me get out, you're behind me. I'm, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. Okay, okay. The old people come out. They're kind of really old because they're, like, leaning on each other. They're taking their time. I think the, the guy, the older man, he opens up the door for the lady. Soon as she starts to walk in, boom, I jumps out the car. I go, here come Dana. I open up the door, grab the door. Dana comes behind me. I don't even see where Dana plates. I just know I have to get money. I run straight to the counter. I hear in my in my ear, I hear the, the manager say, just do what they just do what they want. Just don't nobody don't do anything. Just do what they want. I'm going. I'm over the counter. Bam. I come down. I pull them out the drawers. I'm, I got a bag on my shoulder right here. I'm putting money in. I'm stuffing, I'm stuffing, stuff, stuff, stuff. I don't think they had a drive through. I can't remember they had a drive through, but I don't think I hit the drive through because it was I was just like trying to hurry up, hurry up, get as much as I can to get out. Bam. I think Dana say time. And when he say time, it's like 90 seconds. When he say time, I'm coming back over the counter. Boom. We come out. We jump in the car. I head out of the bank, down to me, around, behind to publish where the other car is at. I jump in there. I say, I'm making them think that I'm going up Havana, wait, heading. Wait a second. Did you, did you have a gun? I didn't have a gun. He had the gun. Oh, okay. All right. I didn't have a gun that time, but after a while, I started. Right, right, right. But, in, um, yeah, because it doesn't matter if you, I mean, right. people don't realize, like, I might, if you say he has a gun, I might as well have a gun. Right, exactly. You know, we'll exactly. all get charged for the gun. Exactly. So, and I didn't want me being in the process of doing what I had to do to leave the gun, drop the gun, or something of that right. nature. So, I wanted him to be the one to protect me. Right. You do your job, I'm do my job, we straight. So, okay, so we came out of bank. I... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Got your happy price, Priceline. Jumped in the car. We went behind, changed it to the second car. Now, they're thinking I'm heading south of Havana. But I jumped in the second car, came around, came back up to Hillsboro to Armenia, heading east on Hillsboro to um, our location. So, um, after that, Dana and me went... Um, 
the guy who was with me, the white guy, he had called another acquaintance that we know to pick him up. Because I was like, damn, how did I meet up with him? Because I paid him. I wanted him to be a part of it. Right. I paid him for the car. And to have watched me do the whole thing, I gave him money. Because and I wanted him to keep his mouth closed. Right, I was gonna say I wanted him to be a part of it. Feels he was, like if he's if he's a part of it, there's a better chance he doesn't tell anybody. Exactly. So that's why I did that. Even the guy who came to pick him up knew about it. I paid him also. I gave him five hundred. I gave him five hundred. I think out of that that first bank there, I I got like twenty four, twenty seven hundred dollars. Yourself pissed. or just total? Total. Because the total. average the average bank robber gets. Like thirty five hundred total, or I think it used to be fifteen hundred. I think it's like thirty five hundred. Is in that range? It's not a lot. It's not a lot because, um, like I never wanted. I mean, it was fresh to me. It was, it was, it was my first. It was, it was my very first. So, but to get a lot of money, you have to do like a takeover. Like you have to right. Like, you you yeah, have to do a takeover. That's super dangerous. That's, that's super stupid. Yeah. You know. I mean. <laughs> no. We're not, we wouldn't, it's not, it's not heat or nothing like that. We, we're, we're not equipped to do anything like that. And it just, you mean the it, movie heat, right. right? It doesn't make sense. But, um, my thing was to just in a small amount of time, get as much as I can. And on that first one, it was 2,700. I was, I was pissed. You have a better chance of getting away. I was pissed because I was thinking that we were going to get a little bit more than that. Going by what we had spoke about earlier, me and the other guy, the white guy, and, you know, I guess from what he's heard, what he's seen, or I don't know where he got that information, we was going to get like 25, we was going to get like 25, 30,000. Yeah. All right. Because I guess he was going by what he thought tailors hold in the tills, but he's absolutely wrong. Yeah. You have to go in like the cash drawer or something. You would like have, that, it's right? called That's a cash cow, which is yeah. behind him, but I didn't know about that until later on in my, my bank robbery. Anyway, <laughs> um, so we get back to my location. I guess I uh, went back to my house and counted it all up and divide amongst the people who was involved. And I'm like, damn, okay, that's crazy, man. I can't believe that's all I got. Um, and, and I relived it. I relived it to see, okay, where did I went wrong? How could I have got, could have got more? What could I have done? So, and um, to stay safers, uh, uh, super safe, there was kind of like nothing I could have done because I didn't want to be in there no longer than I was, you know. And I hid everything that was there. But this was a small bank. They don't really do that much business. And that's one thing that I didn't know. It, it depends on the bank. And as things went along, the money got greater. So, you know, um, I don't know the time period I did them in between. I'm thinking... A couple months, maybe like four or five months. I, my second one was, my second one was on, I think down near like Bayshore area. It's, it was a sun bank and it was off uh, like Howard and Mania down there, again, the Kennedy area. We were riding around, me and Dana, you know, we, we hung out pretty tight. We, we were just riding around. Uh, we spent the money, 
I had no funds coming in. And I'm like, okay, man, we, we need another bank. So I got down towards that area. I seen this bank, and it was surrounded by shrub, brush trees, you know, hedges all the way around it. It was two ways in and two ways out. You know, you could have got into that entrance on the back end, or as you're going down that main street there, you could turn in right off the road, but it had one there and one there. But the thing about it was it was hidden. So I'm like, man, I can do this. It's hidden. So after the bank had closed, I went just to look through the window to, to look at the layout. And I didn't have the white guy anymore. Right. It was it was me. It was all my planning. I had to come up with the cars now because he knew people who can steal cars. I didn't know anyone who could steal cars. I didn't start getting in trouble until I was like 25 years of age. Right. You know, I don't have a juvenile criminal record or anything of that nature. So, I knew this Spanish guy who I was closely familiar with. He knew people, Spanish guys, who know how to steal cars, you know, really quick with screwdrivers. I'm like, damn, how the hell they can, a screwdriver, that's it? Yeah, man, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I said, hey, whoever get me a car, I give him $500. Tell him, give me, give me a car, I give him $500. So, we had got the car. I still had the Nissan Maxima at the time. I'm still using it. I right. already used it in the first bank robbery. Didn't get called or nothing like that. Still had it. So that was going to be my second car again to use in the second bank robbery. So he got the car for me. Me and, Dink, me and D, we got together. Um, I think the first day we went down there, We, I'm trying to find a good location to sit and wait because I think it was kind of busy that first day. As I was trying to find a place to sit, I seen a TPD officer ride down the street. I told Dana, we're not doing it today. He's like, oh man, what, what? He, he might be going to lunch, he's going down here. i like, we're not doing it today. Right. Anytime I seen an officer in that area, period, I didn't do it regardless. Because everything's on my side. Timing is on my side. I can pick and choose the time to do it whenever I want to. I don't have to rush it. You know, I wasn't, I, I, I'll wait tomorrow, okay, not a problem, because that spooked me by officer. That's like it was a warning to me. I don't know. I just felt like, hell no, I got tomorrow. Right. We go, leave, regroup, wait tomorrow, get back together that tomorrow morning, get everything, we come back. So this time, everything was smooth. It was good. We went in there. was hardly no cars in the parking area of the bank pulled around pulled right into the front of the bank bam just jumped out went in he came right behind me we were in our over the, I was already over the counter before the two ladies was in there even knew one it was two black ladies two black females one was over at like a, a, a office desk or something she was sitting there or wiping it down but I think she had her back to me and the other one was uh, I'm not sure exactly, but I remember when she came out. But I was already behind the counter getting money. So I spent roughly 30, 40 minutes, seconds, 30, 40 seconds behind there, pulling out money, pulling out money. It was not, not really a lot of money, though. And um, jumped back over the counter, came out. Now, this was the exciting part. As I'm coming over the counter, come out of the door, 
We were in a, yeah, okay, we were in a uh, Lincoln, a Lincoln Town car. Stolen Lincoln Town car. That was the first car that we pull up in the bank in. When I got out of the bank, I'm pulling off with the bag of money. We heard a poof in the car. Oh, die the, pack. oh the die pack. Die pack went off in the car. We had all the windows up in the car. But it's in the bag. It's in the bag. Did but it blow it, through it? It, it, it? All the smoke and everything, tear gas and everything is coming out of the bag. As we're driving down the street, right, we got, I'm looking over at him. We couldn't, I couldn't even hardly see him. That's how much is in there. And he got slob and tears coming out of his eyes and snot coming out of his nose. And I'm like, man, I'm trying to get the, we trying to get the window down. We couldn't get the window down because it's a Lincoln Town car. Before the big window go down, that little window has to go down first. Right. Couldn't see it. Couldn't see that that window was going down. We just knew that that big one was going down because we couldn't see I said, man, open up the door. I'm driving down the street with both doors open. His door and my door. Airing it out. I pull around the corner. We pull to the second car, which is the um, Nissan Maxima. Get out, throw it in park, grab the bag, jump in the other car. We come around Bayshore. I take Bayshore all the way down to like downtown area, jump on the interstate, get off on 50th Street because I stayed over there on 56th. When we get to my house, we pulled all the money onto the carpet. A lot of money had red dye all over it. It was burnt because when that when it's it ruined. when it's when it explodes, when it explodes, dye gets all over it. It's hot. It's it's burning. So some of the money had burnt spots all in it. So what we did, we separated the money to get the money that basically didn't hardly have no no burns, no ink or no, nothing like that on it. And if I'm not mistaken, it came up to like $3,500 that didn't have anything wrong with it. And like five grand that Gone. had ink and everything on it. Check this out. Excuse me. Dana was young. D. Dana. He was young. And I know that he wasn't finna get into that red money because that would have got us messed up. Right. So I took the 3500 I gave him 1500 and I kept two grand. I still have the five grand that was burnt. Some of it burnt, like, like, like holes in the spots in it, but a lot of red. Me and my girl were sitting there looking at all this money with all this red ink on it, and I'm like, man... I told Dana, okay. After I paid Dana, I said, hey, look, check this out. Here ain't nobody, don't tell nobody nothing. You t- hey, you tell them that uh, you got a, a lawsuit or, or, or somebody left you some money, but don't ever tell anybody about anything we do. That was with anybody with me. I always made sure I embedded that in their head. But I say, if I'm able to do something with this money, if I can clean it up, then I'm gonna break bread with you. I'm gonna I'm go ahead and pay you. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm give you what you your percentage out of this. If I can't, I'm gonna destroy it and get rid of it. So he's like, okay, okay. He was happy. I could have gave him five hundred dollars. He would have been happy, right? You know, cause you know he, he you know, right. and you was, already got away. Yeah, we got away, and it was. It, it, I mean, he was with me because it's, it it was hard to come across money. I I don't know if he didn't like working. I don't know. If I didn't like work. We just wasn't working. We were together. We were doing our thing. I gave him that, 
and me and my girl were sitting there. We're sitting in the apartment, looking at all this money with red dial. And I'm like, man, damn, man, uh-uh. <laughs> I cannot throw this away. My aunt, granted, worked at Clorox. And I remember, like, the week before, check it. <laughs> it's God's good. My aunt worked at Clorox. And I remember, like, the week before, I was over at her house, like, doing some hedges or cutting some grass. You know, we did side jobs, cutting grass, trying to come up, you know. And, and she's like, uh, um, uh, Robert, um, I got a bunch of bleach and all kind of stain removing, all kind of stuff like that. Now, if you ever need something, if you want something, go ahead and get you something because they give us all them damaged cases. I got, and she did, now, her utility room, she got cases and cases. I like, no, I don't need nothing right now. I'm straight. I'm good. She said, okay. So I thought about my aunt when I'm sitting there looking at this money. I'm like, man, it's got to be worth a try. So I go to my aunt house. I say, hey, Gene, hey, what's up? Hi, how you doing today? I say, uh, you remember you said you had all that bleach and uh, stain removal stuff? You think I can get some? She said, boy, go on in there. You get whatever you want. So she had like three different kinds of stain removers and two different kinds of bleach. So I got it all, one of this, one of that, one of that. I went back to the house and got a five-gallon bucket. Empty. Empty bucket. I poured half water into the five-gallon. I put water into a half. Poured all the money in there. Pushed all the money in there. All the red dye money in there. All the stain removing stuff, bleach. I poured it in there on top of it. And I just started swirling around. So I said, hey, babe, I'm going to take like um, 200 of this money. And we finna get and go to the grocery store. I'm going to take a shower real quick. While I'm doing this. I get out of the shower and I come back. I just happen to go and glance over in the bucket and I see like a red film starting to float on top of the water. And I said, damn, this might work. So boom, me and my girl, we get together. We, we go to the grocery store. We spend like $200, come back. We put the grocery up. I said, okay, now I'm going to get the money. So when I got the money, pulled all the water off. Now, you know, water and chemical separates. Right. So whichever the money that was in the chemical, the longer, the most of the money that was in the chemical, it was the weakest. The money that was above, that was mostly in the money, in the water, it was a little bit better. So when I pulled all the water off, cleaned it all up, it made the bills weak. They were clean. Wasn't no red on it, period, at all. And I told the feds, I don't get to that. Um, so I said, okay, babe, we got we to gotta dry the money up. So we put some in the oven, we got an iron, we, we drying this money, we doing whatever, we, you know. But the only thing about it is the money that was down in the chemicals, the longest, you know, when you do money, you do it like yeah. this, it'll just come apart. Okay. So I say, we we got to go to uh, Edgar Drust, though, and get some tape. So, for real, man, listen, listen. So $5,000, let's say 2000 of it was really, really weak. All right. It was clean, pristine clean. Really, it was clean. But the money that was down in the um, the liquid, the chemicals, the longest, was the weakest. So I said, you know what? I'm finna, I got all this scotch tape, like wrapping presents and stuff. I put here, a lot of the money. The one that ripped the wheat, I put tape all around it, right? So what I would do, I would get like three or four of those bills that had tape. Right some good bills, and I would go get money orders. Back in the day, you know, we can get money orders, yeah. up to a $250 money order. So I'm going around 
all these different stores trying to change this money, getting money orders. And it worked, and they did. This one store that was on Kennedy that we, we just happened to go around to, and it's just a bit off track, but it's just some part of the story that I was telling. I went to this, like, Oriental store, and they had money orders. I got a $250 money order. And he was like, hey, my friend, what's wrong with that? What's that money? I said, my girl, why is it got real dope, man? It's good, though. Put your, well, I don't know. I can't remember how they used to check it then. I think maybe with the pen then back then. I don't. I can't remember. But he took it, gave me money order. I used the money order with a couple other money orders to pay my rent at my apartment complex for that month, right? Right. Only that one, that one Oriental guy, he stopped payment on the money order and I don't I'm not sure what he did with the money but I did a lot of money orders but that was the only one he stopped payment my rent lady came knocked on the door boom 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 she said Rob I said hey what's that she said you remember that money order you gave me to pay the rent I said yeah what? what's wrong she's like they stopped payment on it she's like I don't know I ain't never seen nobody stop payment on a money order like, he must have had some issues with the when he turned the money into the right, bank, they right. they wouldn't they right. wouldn't, uh, they wouldn't uh, take uh, it uh, exactly. So he stopped payment. And I said, okay, cool, no problem. So I went in the house, went in the shoebox, got out two hundred fifty, whatever it was, and gave it to him, and it was cool. So that was that was that was from that was from the second that was from the second bank. That's when a, a die pack blew up. On my third bank, I I, I got tired of like getting the small amount of money. I wanted to get a, a bigger amount of money. So I said, you know what? I'm going to bring some guys in. I'm going to get two other guys. Instead of just me alone trying to get the money, I'm going to have two guys over the counter getting the money. Right. And two guys watching my back. So I go out. I go out to Carewood area over on Anderson. Right. So it's like a uh, suburb of yes, Tampa. Yeah, yeah, right over there. I think it was Anderson Road over there. They had a, uh, what was that bank? I mean, it, it, it really doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. Um, we scouted out that bank. I. And you just go get two guys. You just go talk. You just know two buddies no, that'll rob a bank no, with you. No, they're not just two anybody. Because okay. it's, it's, it's Colby's not robbing a bank. Okay, so. I, no, I, I, I mean, I'm a good talker. Right. It's some guys that had been hanging out with me, and 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 I know they were they were good for what I needed them for. They had already knew about what I was doing, but I just never brought them in. I didn't need them, right. you know. Um, and, and it was close people. I'm not gonna mention any family member, yeah. friends, you know, people of that nature that I knew I could trust and stuff like that. And um, <laughs> I brought I brought two other guys in. We I had went out to the to the one out there in uh, Anderson and Carrollwood area, and I I thought maybe there would be a good chance for me to get more money. I'm not sure. I think I had went out there one time before, and I had to go in there to do some coin exchange, money exchange or something, and 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 I and they had a lot of money on the counter, and I was like, man. I would like to come back here. I think it was. We had just hit a house or something. We got some foreign currency, and we needed somewhere to take take the money to. And I had just happened to go over there to go in there. And it just was counting money all on that back counter. It was just counting. Like, man, 
in, but you wouldn't know where to face, so there was nothing that could be done that day. I like, I want to do this. Right. I like this. So um, I went back out there. I went back out there the next day, and I was like, okay, so I got to find a getaway route. I got to make them think we're going one way and we're going to go the other way. So I decided, okay, we're going to go down Anderson. We're going to go down Anderson Road, make them think they're in this apartment complex. Soon as you get down Anderson Road, you get out of the out of the frame of the bank, there was an apartment complex I can turn left and go through, and then I can come back and come out, gun. Right. Damn, that's that road, gun. I can come back up and come out, right. gun. So I say, okay, yeah, okay. Well, you know, by the way, just the the naming the streets and everything doesn't matter because people in... They don't know what the hell is Yeah, that. I mean, people I, people in, in but Australia... The people who, but, the, but the people who do, they're like, man, that guy's smart. All right, so the people <laughs> who's around. So you you figured out what the you figured so out I, what the role I, I, I figured out the area and, and how I wanted to do it to make them think that um you know we're we're heading back south when I'm I'm actually heading east. I came up that night, took a peek in to see the layout, to see exactly where everything was at. Um, if I'm not mistaken, that same day I placed the car, so I had it there overnight. That was the that was the one I had the keys to, and that was that was the uh, Nissan Maxima. I always had the keys to that, and the one that was used with the screwdriver that we paid someone to get, that was the go up two car. So we <laughs> this is a funny one too. So we we're 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 driving up in Carol. You know we're going towards the towards our location, and um, I pull up into the parking lot, and it also is um uh. A grocery store inside that um, that area too. Um, so we pull around. It's a pretty big parking lot, and I'm I'm looking at from a distance at the bank to see who's there. Make sure no officers is in the parking lot roaming around just to see where everyone's placed at. So I started towards the bank. Once I got up to the bank, I I found a, a nice um, parking area where I wanted to be. I'm always want to be towards the the front of the bank, if not in the front parking area of the bank just because um, it cut down time and as soon as um, we pull up to the bank we get out and I think this one was a Astro minivan this was an Astro minivan and I, I love Astro minivans for the simple fact that um, when I'm going to the second location the guy's able to change their clothes standing up in the back of the minivan sliding doors it's, it's, it's just bigger roomier you can do a lot of more things in it you know as far as getting ready so we pull up to it. We left the vehicle running. Um, I run up to it, and it was just great timing that I pulled up at that time because Wells Fargo must have just had left that bank because they had thousands of dollars right on the front counter. And normally that's what they do. They have to count the money after the money is delivered. They have to, you know, count and make sure it's what's on the tag, what's on the receipt is what was delivered. Right. So it just happened to be so once when I jumped when I went through the door, there was four of us. Uh, two people was going to go over the counter, and two people was going to hold their one at bay. So when I ran in, I'm the first person. When I jumped over the counter, I didn't even have to jump off of the counter because all the money was right there. So what I did was squat down and just started grabbing money from the counter. Didn't even have to jump. And my second guy, he jumped on the counter too, and he was grabbing money. But I, from my peripheral vision, I seen he had got off the counter and doing whatever. Uh, Man, look, I'm getting this money. So after I get all the money off the off the counter and he was doing what he did, I felt like I had enough time. 
I didn't even check the drawers right. because I had spent so much time on top of the counter getting the money. I came down, hey, let's go. We proceeded towards the door. We went out of the door. As we get back in the minivan, soon as I'm pulling out, the one person who went over the counter with me, inside his pants, he stuck a thing of 20s, a band of 20s. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, a band of 20s is $2,000. He stuck it in his pants. And it was a dye pack, and it blew up in his so pants. He, he's thinking, he's thinking, he you think guys he won't, get, yeah, yeah he, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to steal a little bit right. more and not tell them, exactly. like, hey, this is what I got. Exactly. But he's actually got a couple extra grand. Right. But he's also, so it so, came back on him because he's got true story. dye pan. True story. Dye pack. So you have like 30 to 40 seconds after you breach the door from the bank that the dye pack going to go off. Soon as we hit the, um, got in the minivan, I'm pulling out to go on the Anderson to go to my second car. Boom, blow up. I said, hey, I'm driving like, hey, man, hey, what the fuck is that? He goes, oh, no, I know. And I said, get it out, get it out. I already know. I already had a die pack before. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I'm so I'm so quick. Of th- I was like, motherfucker, he tried to, I'm thinking he tried to cuff yeah. $2,000, put it in his pants, it blew up on him. He, he pulled out one, he pulled out one stack of 20s from the left side of the drawer because it's always going to be a die pack there. I found that out too later. Anyway, so he threw it out the window, rolled the window down. He threw it out the window right there as we was getting back on the end and threw it out the window. It wasn't that bad as far because he, I guess he muffed it by having it in his pants, but he had on like two or three pair of pants, so he didn't really get burned. I guess, I don't know. But he, a die pack blew up in his pants. All right. I get to my second vehicle. This is a crazy thing too. I get to my second vehicle. We getting out of the, getting out of the van to get everything we have. And Dana, as I'm leaving, I'm asking everybody, okay, where, where's the weapon? Where's this? Where's this? Where's this? Where's this? Where's this? He left one of his pistols in the minivan. That was like one of the first bad things that I could think of that ever could have happened. Because now I'm thinking, damn, was there any fingerprints on it? Was there any fingerprints on the bullet? Was it this fit or shit? This ain't, this ain't no state. This is real. You have to be on point. So... No problem. Um, as we're leaving, because I'm making them think that we're heading south, but we're actually heading east, we see the helicopter heading back towards the bank. Right. So I'm already in my second vehicle. They're looking for a white Astro van when I'm in a burgundy Nissan Maxima. So as we go on, we see the helicopter going, and, you know, another thing that I also used to do, Underneath the outfit that I went in the bank, I always had a shirt and tie, a white shirt with a tie. And in the back of the um, Nissan Maxima, I used to have a blazer, a jacket hanging up there for the guys in the back. I always wanted to be look like I was the only one in the car. So I had them down on the ground on the floor in the car after we got out of the van to get in our second vehicle to get back to the house. They was in the back seat down, the blazer hanging up. I'm sitting alone driving with a white shirt and tie on. Make me look, you know, like not yeah, a bank presentable. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, I'm headed back to the house after that one. So what'd you guys get there, roughly? I mean, I know you. Fifty fifty-seven. Oh, okay. Fifty-seven grand. All right. I think I get like thirty of it for my personal. Fifty-seven thousand. Right. 
Oh, okay. Well, now that's a decent yeah, lift. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's different. Yeah. I thought you yeah, were fifty-seven hundred. No, I remember all the money was on the table right there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm not sure how much fell on the floor or anything like that. So as time went, time went by. You know, I, I dibbed and dabbed and did other little things of that nature, and two or three more went by until this one that I said, you know, I think I had Tampa hot i think it was you know i had already at this time did like five six banks and and i i couldn't really find an area or a bank that i pretty much can do and had all the things that i needed you know the um the optical illusion getaway route or or knew that there wasn't a lot of cops in that area so i kind of like did everything i could do on this part, so I said, you know what? I'm gonna go across the bridge. I wanna go to Pinellas County to see what they got to offer over there. So we just took a ride and um, I went and I seen, as soon as I got across Gandy and got um, on the 4th Street, yeah, 4th Street, St. Pete, that over there, I I turned to the left and right off, right off Gandy there, there was a there was a bank, I think it was a First National Bank or something, something, something similar to that. And I was like, man, this is pretty good. This is pretty good because there was there was a side street also that cuts off from the bank. And there was an apartment, brand new apartment complex, which looked like it had like 500 units. So it was kind of huge. And um, I said, um, I can come off the main street, boom, 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 or go off the main street, cut down the side street and come out there and then jump back on again and take the bridge across and come to Tampa. I like, I can pretty much, I can do this. So we waited till that night, went back over there, and um, I just wanted to look at the layout of the banks. They're, they're, I mean, basically banks are pretty much all set up the same, but just you personally just knowing you have that visualization of where you're going, what you're gonna do is a plus for me me not being blind, I am already know where the chairs laid out. I know where the cameras, I know where the counter. Yeah, you want to know. You, as soon as I, I, I get, as soon as I get, I, I got to run know 20 exactly feet this way got, over exactly. the thing. Not so I take that a was my, right. That was my thing of looking at night. I could have come in the daytime and go on. Yeah, but then the, the I don't want to never be seen. Right. Exactly, exactly. So I got a layout. I got um a view of the layout. And we got all our tools, everything. We needed. We um, went ahead and placed a second car over in the apartment complex, which was pretty cool. It was a big apartment complex, and when a lot of people, it was fairly new, so it was a lot of people walking their dogs out. So I thought that was pretty good. Um, this was a pretty decent bank. We had we pushed. I think I rode down Fourth Street just to see if there was any cops in the area. I didn't really see anything. I think I did it on the first day. I didn't have to come back the second day or nothing. I think. It was like the perfect storm. Everything was on my side. I pulled up to the bank. Um, it was just me and Dana. It was just two people on this one, if I can remember correctly. Um, I pulled up into the bank. Got out of the car. Wasn't no traffic. Wasn't no lot of people coming out or nothing. The one particular thing that I can remember about this bank that there was a bunch of college kids in there. And 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 robbing a bank to me because I played sports and I played football is like running 
for a touchdown. You you can hear the crowd, but you can't. It's like you're in a silent state. You kind of like focus in on what you're trying to do or what you're doing. And that's the same thing in like robbing the bank because when I was going after that money, I was focusing on what I had to do, but I can also hear the baby in the background crying or somebody screaming or yelling, the old lady or something, some of that nature. But one thing about this bank right here in particular, I can hear the, the college kids that was cheering us on. They were like, go, man, yeah, 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 go, 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 go. <laughs> and that was just like one thing that stood out in that bank. So um, I came across the counter. We jumped in the vehicle, went to our second vehicle and, and came across and, and um, basically that was it on that one. I did like 32000 $32,000 on that one. We split it. I think I gave him like 17. I always, no, I know I gave him like 12 because I always, I always felt like this was my thing. I'm always going to get majority of the pay. I'm always the one who invested. I'm the one who invested time in. I'm the one who invested the gas. I'm the one who invested on the planning. So, right. all that cost. But the good thing about the guys who I ever did anything with, they never questioned what I gave them. Right. Well, when they're happy, I mean, you're talking yeah. about a guy who's he's getting nothing, ten, but, five or ten grand. But, but, he's not but, making but anything. I think. I I think the reason being is because they knew just knowing me or being my friend, they're gonna always be opportunity for them to make money. Right. So why bitch about something then he might not need me for the next one. Right. So they never, man, why did I get this, man? How much you got? That never occurred. Right. Um, so as time went, there was like my my last one. Uh I was pretty much like getting out of the bank thing. I I, I was I had my detail business going on. I was not really hurting for money. I think I had just did when I had I had a substantial amount of money. I was pretty good at the time. And I think I had came up on a Jamaican guy who was fronting me pounds at the time I was whatever the case was. But I was good. I, I wasn't really thinking about banks. My girl, her friend comes up and she kind of like knew what I was doing but didn't know what I was doing or didn't want to tell me but kind of like she like bro she used to call me bro she like bro um man i need you i'm like okay what's that what you need she like man i was down in ebor this weekend and and this white girl she pulled out in front of me and and i i hit her car and and it wasn't nothing wrong with her car and wasn't nothing wrong with my car and we thought it was okay so i just left and now she got my tag number and put out for a hit and run, and I got the chair, the, call, the post, uh, TPD calling me, telling me um, the detective looking for me and all this, but I, I need to get some money to get my car fixed. She's like, man, I don't know what you do, but I'll do anything you need me to do. You want me to drive, you want me to do this, whatever. And I'm like, man, what the hell is she talking about? I'm like, what you said, well, what you need? She's like, man, I need like maybe like $1,000 or something. So I was like, damn, man, I want to help. Because I'm always wanting to help people. I'm always, you know, <laughs> I always thought about, you know, I like Robin Hood and stuff, you know. P 
people like when I was a kid growing up, Robin Hood was my favorite guy, you know, Batman and Robin, things of that nature. Helping other people who didn't have, you know, trying to look out. That was kind of like me. So I had already seen this one bank that was on Himes in between Hillsborough and MLK. And it was across the street from El Lopez Park, whatever they call it right now. And it was kind of like hidden away too, you know, it had brushes and, and shrubs all around. It was kind of like hidden off in the, in the cut. So this girl, she like, she like depended on me. It was like I was her last, you know, resource. And I was like, I can do this. And I can make myself look good at the same time helping her. You know, I could be that big brother she said I was, you know, come in at the clutch. And not only that, I can, you know, put a few more dollars in my pocket also. I'm pretty good at what I do. So I like, and then she wanted to help. I'm like, what could she do? What could I use her for? I say, damn, I won't have to pay someone $500. I can use her vehicle for the second vehicle. Right. So that's what we do. On the first vehicle, I use the Maxima. Right. I use that for the first vehicle, and I use her car for the second vehicle. I left the Maxima hidden in the apartment complex where hers was at, right around the corner from the bank on on um on Himes, right behind there is apartment complex. And I and I'm thinking that because of the way the apartment complex is set up. You turn in and you go and it's hidden off the street. They're never going to find the car. So I come back days later and I get the car. But there was a guy up in the apartment complex up there. When we came back to switch cars after doing the bank, right? he was up in the third floor apartment looking down. And that guy right there kind of like told what the second vehicle was. And they were looking for her car. And that's how I got screwed up. So, now, they didn't know me. They just knew that vehicle was the vehicle that the people who robbed the bank left in. Right. Okay. So, she had took the, her vehicle and placed it off a street, off of MLK and know, North Boulevard, let's say that. TPD, riding all over the place looking for that vehicle because when they came looking, they swarmed that area. Somehow, they knew that they, I guess they just searched back there for the, the first vehicle, and they found it. And they got out there seeing all these cops down there. He came down here, hey, I seen somebody in the woo-woo-woo. A different type of vehicle, Subaru, whatever it was. So now they're looking for her, for that car. Okay. Now, as I told you before earlier, there was a guy who had did other little in and odd jobs with me when we used to like just go in houses, big houses, do little things. He had did something without my knowledge and, and he got a Rolex watch which he went and pawned in his name. So this is a guy who did like a robbery. You, you were doing robberies, right. but he, he was, did a robbery on his own. He, did it he on wasn't his supposed own. to. He wasn't supposed to. Or, if you, you, you know, you're your own person. Right. You could do whatever you want to do. But don't mention me in anything. Right. You know, and and, I, and and to be honest with you, I think I used to tell them, don't do anything that we did together. 
Right. Make up something else. Don't do, you know, people know my MO. Don't do not do anything. It gives you some wiggle room. Right, exactly. So he took another guy, and they went, and they got a Rolex watch out of some house or something. He went and pawned it in his name. And that's how they got along to him, got on to him, which he put them on to me. Right. Now, the reason why he put they, they he put them on to me because they found a jacket that was in his house. And that jacket was from a squat team member's house that I had went and kicked the door right. in. So this is another robbery right. you guys did. And there was SWAT team stuff exactly. and guns. Just a B&E, right. right. It was, so we took all the guns, the SWAT team. He took the jacket. I took like some bulletproof vest, um, things of that nature. So they connect so him to that. And they, 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 I have a question. When he goes into that other one and he gets the Rolex, was that like a home invasion? It wasn't a home invasion. It was just like kick the door in, like a B and E breaking and entering. Was someone in the house? No. Okay. No. No. Okay. So he's in trouble. He's just not in that much trouble. He's not in twenty years state prison trouble. After they find him with that jacket, that jacket makes him in that much trouble because of the the simple fact they want them guns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we had Sig Sawyer, nine millimeters. We had um, AKs. We had. Saw all those shotguns that came out of there. We had them little. Right, because a SWAT team member is going to have right, a lot of different guns. little military um, automatic weapons like you see them Germans had. Yeah, we had, I had them. So they wanted, so they put the press on him, and he told them about me. Now, my birthday is December 23rd. And on December 20th. So no birthday party for you. No, my birthday my birthday is December twenty third and around the twenty first I go to a friend of mine. He owns a pawn shop on Hillsborough and you know him. Right. I'm not kinda um I go to his pawn shop and this is probably about I don't know, five o'clock in the afternoon. I go over there because I'm getting ready to get this big bracelet. I'm finna get this Batman charm with diamonds and all that on there. And he was gonna make it for me. So I had stopped by there and we kicking it. I'm flipping through this book where I'm picking out this bracelet. And uh, this white guy comes in. You know, I'm over there looking at the book. And he's like, hey, 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 what you mean? He's like, oh, I just wanna look at some CDs. Said, okay, so I'm just, he rock. The pawn shop guy say, okay, go ahead and look at whatever. I'm just looking at the bread. We looking with, hey, how much this one going to call? Hey, how much this one? So the guy got whatever CDs he wanted. He headed back up there to um, be cashed out. He went down there. I'm still looking. He cashing them out. So the guy, my friend who owns the pawn shop, he comes down to me. He's like, man, man, that guy just spooked the shit out of me. I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, um. He told me to be careful. I said, be careful? I'm like, what do you mean, be careful? He like, he just told me, be careful. I'm like, shit, he just said, be careful, so be careful. So well, how much did it cost? So I'm still, I'm not really, cause I was smoking, you know, I was, I was not really paying attention. Right. You know, I was chilling, it's getting ready to be my birthday, I'm not. So, bam, I pick out the bracelet I want, I leave, I come back. Um, I went to the house. Now, here it is. It's my birthday, December 23rd. That morning, 
me and my girl, we already set up that we was going to go out Clearwater on um, a double eagle deep sea fishing trip for my birthday, saltwater. So I said, I'm going to drop my daughter off at the um, daycare, and then we're going to run by McDonald's, grab something to eat, and then we're going to come get all the fishing gear. Not knowing that at this time, the FBI is watching me the whole time. When I came out to take my daughter to the daycare, there was this big bread van, white bread truck, parked next, parked next to my car. I had a, a 500 series BMW at the time. And um, they were parked so close to the driver's door that I couldn't get in. So I'm thinking that it was this, we would have fiber optic lines laid down. I lived next to the office building at the apartment complex. So that's where most of the people who was doing the work, that's where they came up to the office area. So I'm thinking it's one of those people parked so close to the uh, to the BMW that I couldn't get in the door. So I'm carrying my daughter and I'm walking all around the van and the, the windows were so tinted on there, you couldn't even look in there. You know? Right. So I'm walking on around, went over there by the pool area, I'm looking for some guys that was doing some work, but there was nobody. I was like, man, you might wanna cut your hand on and get on them, you know? So what I did was, when I told my girl, come on, let's go, we're just gonna, I'm just gonna clamp through it on the, on the passenger side, get in, put her in the, in the chair, boom. I clamped through and got on to the driver's side by going through the passenger side. So as I'm leaving, I'm going to drop her off to the daycare over off uh, Florida Avenue, which we made it over there, dropped her off. All this time, the feds are following me. I don't know it. As I'm heading from the daycare, I go to McDonald's. We go to McDonald's, grab some breakfast. You know, I wanted to eat something before I go on a fish, fishing trip. I proceeded to get on Hillsboro. I'm going back towards my street, which is Habana uh, uh, or whatever the street apartment was on at the time. I go to make a left, they're still following me. So I pull up to my apartment. So I pull up to my apartment, and like I said, I'm right, in, I'm right next door to the office. I live on the second floor to the right. When I pull up, I look upstairs, you know, I'm getting ready to get out, but I just have, I'm, I just always used to try to like be on point and notice who around, you know, I was doing bad things, you know, I wanna know, I know, I know there was gonna be one day somebody was gonna be looking for me. So I always kind of be, I want to be on point B. You know, I need some, like you said, wiggle room. I need time to run or whatever I need to do to try to get away for that for that day. So I happen to look upstairs and I see these two white guys on the left side. I lived on the right side. So I like, I wonder what the hell they want. They dressed the same. They had on like two white t-shirt and some jeans. I thought maybe they were some salespeople or something. So I still, I think the car is still running at this time. I put it in park. I go to open up the, the driver's door. I turn it off, and before I can get my first foot out of the door, the squat team has me on the ground. So they, they that's how I can remember. That's how I can remember. They that fast. Yeah, I know. And they're like, like 50. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it was, it was like 15 of them. You know, they geared up, masked up, and everything. They're like, all right. And they, you know, when they got me, they're celebrating. My girl was next to me. She's crying. And um, they got me on the ground, and um, um, they're celebrating. I can hear the guys celebrating. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, persistent pays. We've been out here since 6 o'clock this morning. You know, and then the guy walks up to me, and he goes, um, hey, how are you? Um, I'm, in, I'm in charge of this right here. I'm Sergeant McElmire, and um, 
Uh, how are you? First of all, let me just tell you happy birthday. And uh, <laughs> yeah, well, I got oh, handcuffs. They're all cocky, bro. Swear to God. Swear to God. And I had handcuffs on you. Like, first of all, let me just tell you happy birthday. And um, you know this guy, you know this guy? I'm like, man, I don't know. Y'all got the wrong person, man. I don't know no guy. He's like, well, we think you do. And we, we heard that um, you armed and dangerous. You're a menace to society. All right, man. <laughs> I don't know who told you that, man. Y'all got the wrong guy. And I was like, can I talk to my wife? Oh, you know, you can't talk to her. She crying and stuff. Um, then I hear him tell him, we're going to meet back up at um, East Lake Mall. Uh, no, uh, Tampa Bay Mall. Remember Tampa Bay, Tampa yeah, Bay yeah, Mall yeah. was open at that time. And that's where they planned the whole thing. And that's where they met up at to talk about what just happened. So at that time, the feds came. They got me, um, rushed me. Um, downtown because when when you in the federal system you don't just go to booking you don't go to jail and stuff like that like a state charge or you get picked up by the city guy and they just take you to Orange Road or just take you to the city jail when you're picked up by the feds they take you downtown you have to go to the um, FBI office you got to go to the uh, US Marshals US you got to take hold over you yeah. US Marshals take pictures of you not only that then you have to go in front of the magistrate judge and see if you're going to get a bond or not. So there's a lot of things that take place before you go over to the city jail and be booked in on right. those charges. So that what happened to me. So um, now I'm 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 booked in, not not really knowing what I'm facing because not really knowing how I got to this point that that guy told yeah, you're not me. even sure what they're arresting you for right, exactly, exactly. Right? i didn't know that guy had told me about this i didn't know about it. they found the rolex and he had the jacket and this is how this thing all came about so um i'm i'm sitting in there because i'm on federal charges they have to ship me over to morgan street so i'm sitting in morgan street you know uh, i think my lawyer came to see me and to let me know what i was being charged with and um I was being charged with the armored car at the time. I wasn't being charged with no banks because I never got caught doing any banks. He told on me about the banks, but they didn't put that on me at the time. Right. And it's kind of good for me that it didn't because how it all worked out for me, not having them put that charge on me right then, I was able to group it in my proffer agreement. Right. Now, me, first time being arrested, first time being in jail, never knowing what a proffer agreement is. And how I found out about a proffer agreement is just, it's like my first week in Morgan Street. And I know basic things like don't let nobody know about your case and don't talk to people. They'll try to get on your case and, you know, try to get time knocked off theirs. So don't, don't talk about your case. Just, you know, make up something. So, I had this old man just came up to me, someone who I never knew, I never talked to. I don't, I, I didn't even know the guy was in the same cell. It's just an old man just came up, up to me out of nowhere, and he goes, "Hey, buddy, um, I don't know if you did anything else besides whatever you in here on out there on the street that you didn't get caught for. But if you did, you need to ask your lawyer about a proffer agreement." So I was like. I still really didn't talk to the guy. I was like, well, okay. So I was like, damn. Oh, I did something. I better call my lawyer. So 
I called my lawyer and I go, um, I had a lawyer that was presented to me by the state, but he was a private lawyer for the feds. In the feds, you don't just get public defenders. You get private attorneys that have their own office, but they work for the state. Yeah, there's a federal, federal public defender's office, exactly. but they only have so many. Right. So what happens is that if, if they're full, well, then the court will actually appoint a private, private lawyer and that's what to happened represent to me. you. And mine was out of Sarasota, Bradenton. And um, I call him up. I go, um, hey, check this out. Um, some old man just came up to me, and he was asking me about a proffer agreement. If I know anything, if I have, you know, did anything that, um, before I know anything about some crimes that w was committed and no one ever got called for it. I was like, what's a proper agreement? He's like, oh, a proper agreement is, you know, first you have to go over to the state prosecutor and, 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 and present to them or whatever information that you might have. And, and they make the last decision if they want to give you a proffer, if they think whatever you got is in interesting. I said, um. What if I knew about a guy that robbed 10 banks? He's like, if you know about a guy that robbed 10 banks, you're going home tomorrow. I was like, I didn't want to tell him me just in case it didn't work out in my favor. I just said I knew about a guy, yeah, not yeah. me. Yeah, and you're never going home tomorrow. No. Like, but he's like, unless you know where there's a terrorist or something, yeah, something <laughs> yeah, imminent. Exactly. So um, he went over and talked to the state prosecutor and um, federal prosecutor. Yeah, the yeah, exactly. My bad. He he talked to the federal prosecutor and um, let him know that I knew about some banks that had been robbed that the case hadn't been solved, and um, if he was willing to do a proffer with me, right. he came back over and talked talked to me. And he was like, um, "I'm not going to make you any promises, but um, if when the people who I send over to talk to you, if it's worth being able to do something, then I will." See, and the good thing about a proffer, it's only about things that I've done. You feel right. me? You don't got to tell nobody. It's things that you've done. And uh, and another thing about a proffer is that it has to be everything that you've done. Yeah. No, if, they, you if you give them out, any room at all they to, 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 to yank the proffer so, away from you. So like, I oh, made you, sure they knew about yeah, everything I've done. told us this, but we just found out. Once we looked into it, we found out this. You never mentioned this, so we're not giving right. you any credit exactly. for nothing. Exactly, and they still know about the, what you told them, and they can still right. use that against you. So I made sure that, um, and plus this was an opportunity and a chance for me to It's a get clean slate, so it's a chance you exactly. walk out of prison not being out of And they were like, worried. I can never, ever be charged in the Middle District of Florida with anything I've ever done. That sounded good at the time. Yeah. So um, what were you looking at anyway? I think my PSI came back to like 27 years. 27 yeah. years. Oh, I know. I've, I've, I've got it. I've had a and PSI. And I was able to knock 17 <laughs> off right. with my... So anyway, um, so, okay, so after that, one morning, I'm, I'm in Morgan Street. I'm sitting there, and they say, hey, Robert, um, you got to go to medical. You got to go to medical. I'm like, yeah. okay, hey, I'm ready. So I'm getting ready. I'm getting ready to go to medical. And... I'm thinking I'm going to medical, but I wasn't going to medical. They took me down to the chapel. And when I got down to the chapel, there was two FBI agents waiting to talk to me. I was like, damn, okay. So. Yeah, they don't want to let the other inmates no. know that you're having a discussion with the FBI. Because exactly. then they're going to say, oh, he's fucking snitching. Right, he's exactly, this, he's that. Exactly. So, so it's not in their best interest that 
It's it for bad. your safety too. Right. Well, that yeah. Exactly. So um, we go into chapel. They introduce me to them. I introduce them who I am. So we go in, and um, I started out with the very first one, and that was the one I told you the very first one that was yeah, on yeah. Hillsburg, Nevada, and when it had to be buzzed in and everything. I told them exactly how it happened, what I did. I think that day right there, talking with them, I got to like three of them. The very next day, they were back. Now, there were two different FBI agents. With there were two different ages, age groups. The 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 older gentleman, he had to be around like maybe I I say he was like 65, 60 something years old. He was older, and the younger guy, he had to be like maybe 30, 32. The next day, when they came and pulled me out to come up to the chapel, they were standing in front of the chapel door waiting for me. The officers walking me down the hallway. I get there, and this is the first thing that happened. When I walked down and I, you know, saying good morning to him, the younger FBI agents, he was like, hey, man, did you ever get a chance to see the movie? Or did you get to see the video of you robbing the bank? I said, no, no, sir. He's like, man, fuck, man, why didn't you play basketball or football? He's like, man, as soon as you open up the door, the first step, you're over the counter. You're over the counter, man. You're fucking, you, man, you're great, man. How in the hell you're not playing some type of sport? And I'm sitting there thinking like, this FBI guy is talking to me like he's a fan right. of something I've just done. And I'm, he's like telling me how excited he was from watching me rob this bank and being able to come back and talk to me about what he's just seen. And it was just crazy why the older guy was standing behind him with his hand in his pocket. He was just standing there just letting him. Yeah, but you got to understand, too, these guys, by the time they talk to you, they've been trying to solve this crime right. to you know what I'm saying they've they've imagine how much time they've spent trying to find this and then they have have the guy like they've spent hours and hours and hours driving around right. and just thinking about you and who you are and looking for you so they're super curious about you so when they get to talk to you they already have this fantasy of who you are they've right. already like they're thinking you're this person and you find out no he's this is who he is and right. this is what happened and exactly this, so it's it's and that was another and you're thing. saving them a ton of time. And that was another thing. That was another thing because, um, like every after every bank that I robbed, I used to go to Disney, go down to Orlando just to get away from Tampa, because I was like emotionally shook up. I was so so much so much rush was going on. So anxiety, anxiety, yeah. and, and not knowing if I made a mistake or something that they might be knocking on my door. So I get the hell away. So I get try to put some miles in between. So everything comes down. I stayed there for the weekend. But every morning I used to get a paper. And exactly what you were saying. They always used to say, Man, we can't get it. We can't wait to get a chance to speak with this guy. We cannot wait to get a chance to speak with this guy. And then they were like having um um news people asking questions like, What do you think he's and they were thinking that I got it from this movie, that one movie, um, with the surfers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Point Break. Right. They were thinking I was getting it from that movie. Things from that movie. And um, I had watched that movie before. Uh, Were you you wearing a mask? Always. The first mask that we wore was the guy. Did this right here. Oh, you mean uh, Uh Nixon mask? Uh Uh-huh. Okay, that's the connection. That's the connection between the movie. You ever seen Point Break? You ever seen Point Break? That was one of the first masks. I, I mean, I was. I was just oh. wanting. <laughs> See, like, yeah, train. Point Break. They wear. They all wear. They all wear presidents' masks. Right, and that was because 
Um, and they jump on the counter. They immediately they run. They run. They jump up. And they're wearing the outfits. The whole thing. Yeah, they did. But I didn't. I. I really didn't get ideas from them. Right. I had seen the movies, but I just knew that in order for me to pull this off, these are the things that I had to do. You know, um, the two car things. I mean, a, a lot of things that I did. I, I I can't really say that I got it from a movie. It was just like common sense with me. Yeah, you know? I don't think I'm going down Dale Mabry when really I'm, you know, I'm going south on <laughs> not, Dale not Mabry that, when I'm really going the switch of the north. cars. The switch of the cars. I've seen bank robbers stay in the same car, try to get to the house in the same car. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I would phew. never try to do that. I wrote a story about a guy. You know, rob the place. See, that's not see see. That's was somebody who like um, not so not impatient, but they just wanted to rob the bank. They didn't really have a plan. They just they, the money was more important than getting away with it. Right. You feel me? To me, the money wasn't more important than me coming back home. Right. I wanted, that was more important to me. So I'm going to make sure I'm not worried about when I get in there about exactly how much money I get out of there. I'm worried about I go by my plan and I'm able to walk out them doors without having to have a shootout or being locked up or yeah, shot. Walk, or walking out of the bank with a million dollars and getting caught two hours later is means nothing. Stupid. Right. And same thing when I was in prison. You can sit up here and tell me about um, all the planes and Lamborghinis you got, but you're able to spend the same $60 a week as me. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I always used to say know? that. I used to say prison's the great equalizer. It doesn't exactly. matter if you're a multimillionaire. Exactly. You were born in the, we're raising the projects. So I, you get a bunk, you're yeah. wearing greens, mm-hmm. you're wearing greens. We're the same. Yeah. We're the same. So I used to read the Metro after I did each one just to get an idea if what I did made the paper. And they always made the paper. And I always try to see if anything was left or if they spit out some information that might be good for me to hear what they had to say. Oh, we um, got a tire track or something, whatever. I just wanted to read what it, what they had to say about the. What happened uh, with, I'm sorry, what happened with the um, the armored car one? That, like you you skated over the, you, see, you guys also hit an armored so car. So the armored car was, the armored car was like, it was in between my sixth and seventh bank, like, and there was just something that these set of guys had already had this armored car set up to rob because one of the brothers had worked on the armored car. Right. And he was no longer working on the armored car, so he knew the layout and what to expect and things like that. They never knew about me. These guys never knew about me. My link was with, with them was through my brother-in-law because my brother-in-law, as he says, he, I was the only crazy person he can think of that might be able to pull it off because he knew about what I did. So one day I'm sitting at the house. He's like, hey, man, uh, man, I got, I might have something for you. I say, uh, okay, what's that? And he's like, I know these guys who, uh, you know, want to do this job. I said, all right, man, where you at? I'll meet you at your house or something. I'll talk in person. So we, I go to his house. He come to my house or whatever the case was. And we talk about these two guys, two brothers. One of them used to work for the armored car. I think it was Wells Fargo. Was it Wells Fargo? Yeah, I think it was Wells Fargo. And um, he like, man, the guy worked on the truck. He knows it's going to be easy, man. It's going to be like $200,000, $300,000, you know, real quick. They want to know if you can be able to pull it off. I said, shit, I need to go see what it looked like first. Show me the route. Show me where the truck is. Show me where it's going to go down. 
So they came, picked me up. They took me over to St. Pete. It was the money store. The money store was an old bank in St. Pete that closed down, and they changed it to the money store strictly for all the armored cars to come pick money up from there to tank, take the banks and stores. Right. So this old bank, they changed it over, converted it over to the money stores just for armored cars to come pick up money. I think they might have brought money there too. Yeah, they in and out just for armored cars. He knew about it because that was his route. He used to go there to pick up money and deliver it to banks and grocery stores or whatever the case may be. So they came and showed it to me. We sat outside downtown St. Pete. I can't remember exactly what, what street it was, but it was downtown, right off the interstate somewhere. And we sat over in a parking area, parking spot, while we watched the armored car pull up, the guy get out, open up both doors, go inside the money stores. The money stores had like double doors too because they roll out like um, laundry bins mm-hmm. full of money. And um, we sitting there, we waiting, we waiting. He finally comes out, reopened up the doors to the um, to the armored car and he just started throwing money in the back of the truck. I was like, yeah, we can do that. Yeah, so I think I waited like two or three days we geared up, got all the stuff, two cars and everything. We pull up. We in the minivan. It's me. He's the driver, the guy who used to be the driver for the Wells Fargo. Me and his brother with the two gunmen. Inside the armored car, you have the driver and the messenger. The messenger is the guy who grabs the money out of the and puts it in the back of the armored car. So as soon as the armored car pulls up, we're sitting over in the parking spot. I say, wait, just wait till he get out, and then we'll ease over there. So as soon as the messenger got out, he started opening up the back doors. No, 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 we, we waited. We waited for him to come in to come out with the money. So he started, I guess he unlocked the back doors to get it ready, went over to these set of doors here of the building, knocked on it or whatever. They opened up the doors. He went in there. He was in there approximately a minute or so. When he started coming out with the laundry bin, that's when I told him, that's right. So we started easing up there. We pulled right around and pulled right along the side of the uh, armored car. I'm the first one coming out. I had um, a 44 Desert Eagle. When I came out with the gun like this, the messenger seen me. He dropped everything and ran, ran to the front of the truck. So I ran to the back of the truck, looked down the truck to see where he went. He was stooped down by the front tire on the driver's side. I came back to start getting the money to throw into the minivan. My second guy went over to keep an eye on him to see what the messenger was doing. When I went down to grab the first bag of money to throw into the minivan, that's when gunfire. The guy messenger started shooting at my guy. He started firing at him. I grabbed the money. That money was like heavy, really heavy. It was like... um. 80 pounds to try to get with gloves on and it's shrink wrapped with plastic. So every time I go to pick up the money, it slips out of my hand. I cannot get it out of, I cannot get the money out of this bin because it's this big shrink money is heavy when it's that much. So then at that time, the driver started shooting at me. I'm standing from here to where my daughter is. The driver is shooting at me through a 15 feet away. He's shooting at you. He's shooting at me. I'm 
I'm not like is this going so fast? So I grabbed the 44, and when I pointed the 44, it's already caught back. And when I pulled the trigger, it just went off, and it just went boom, 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 boom. I couldn't control it with one hand. No one can control a 44 with one hand, right? Unless you like the Hulk or something. But it just went crazy, boom, 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 boom. I drop it. I try to get the money. I seen the minivan leaving. His brother ran, jumped in the minivan. I seen him trying to leave. I turn around. I'm running. I jumps in the minivan. They shoot out all the windows in the minivan. His brother gets shot in the back of the head. Oh. I see blood coming out of the back of his head because he's ha- he has on a, um, a white bulletproof vest. I have on a black bulletproof vest. I see a red line going into the vest. We make it down to where we have the second vehicle parked by the interstate downtown St. Pete. Jump back in it. Get on the interstate. Come back across town. And... Um, so no money and somebody gets shot in the head. Exactly. But was he out or just like it was? He was okay. He was okay. He had to go through the it, glass, it, right? So it, it slowed it down. It um, it just grazed him. Oh, okay, I was gonna it say, and we're talking him. about a nine millimeter. I'm not saying it didn't hurt, but right. I'm saying it didn't penetrate his skull. It, it grazed him. So as soon as we get back to the second vehicle, um, they go over with me in the second vehicle. They jump in their own personal car because he wasn't. He didn't know how serious condition his brother was in. So his aunt is a nurse in Orlando. So he like, man, I'm going to rush my brother down here in Orlando. My, my aunt's a nurse, and I'm going to get her to take care of woo, woo, woo. They did that. I come back home. I'm going through the process of everything that just took place and how did this happen and this, that, and the other. That night, I get a knock at the door. It's by Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office. And it's from a domestic violence charge that was dropped against me. But I guess the state picked it up or whatever, and it right. still had a warrant out for me. I'm thinking it was for the other. Yeah. So the guy was like, "No, no." Um, and my girl was like, uh, "What do you what do you want him for?" She like um, the the officer was like, um, uh, "He has a warrant out for his arrest for a domestic violence charge." She like, "No, I dropped that charge." No, 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 no. She started crying and everything, but they went with it. They arrested me that night. That night, because of me robbing or attempted robbery robbery of the armored car when I fell asleep everything that drilling everything that happened earlier that day was playing in my head in my dream and in my dream I kept hearing like a, a, a in my dream I was like what is that noise I'm dreaming about the whole shit that took place and I'm like I could just keep hearing these and I come up I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm like I'm breathing like I'm in jail yeah. I'm in jail. I just attempted. I had a shootout downtown St. Pete. I dropped the gun. Now I'm having this nightmare about I hear this noise that I couldn't make out what the hell it was. So I said, you know what? I'm going to go back to sleep. I'm going to go back to this dream. I'm going to slow this dream down. I'm going to find out. I'm going to see what the hell, what the, what the noise. I want to see what it was. Everybody sleep. I'm in the dream. I'm in the dream. I catch back up. I slow down. I'm we shooting. And I slow it down and I can see it was bullets. Now I check it. Think I'm bullshitting. If somebody's shooting at you from right there, and I'm right here, and you go to the range all the time. 
and you don't hit me. And I go to sleep and I have this dream that it's something passing quickly by me, but I can't. And it was bullets. Yeah. Well, and they didn't touch me, not one bullet. Now, the bullet that did get me is when I turned around to run, to jump in the minivan, they started blasting the minivan up. One of the guards shot the ground and it ricocheted off the ground and went into the heel of my foot. And then right now in this shoe right here in the back of the heel of my foot, I have a little round circle that's healed up now. But on this heel right here, it's smooth. But right. on here, you'll see a little circle with a little indention where a piece of shrapnel went in the heel of my foot. When I got to jail at night, that's when I found out when I had to take my shoe and socks off. No, 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 I found that at home. I had already, to, yeah, I found that at home. When I got home, I had to take my shoe off. I didn't even notice that there was a little hole in the back of the heel of the shoe. But when I took my sock off, there was blood all there, and I looked at the back of my heel, and there was a little hole where a little shrapnel had went in the heel of my feet. I don't, I don't remember pulling it out or nothing. I don't know if it just ricocheted and went in and out or however it's done, but that's the only thing that happened to me. So you're... So let's go back. Your so PSI back, uh -huh. is supposed to your your PSI says twenty seven years. Right. You get seventeen knocked off. Right. So what happened was um, this is how that happened to to finish up this right here. I said I can't do twenty seven years. Right. <laughs> I can't do twenty seven years. I'm right. kind of added up. I think at the time I was like okay, twenty eight or whatever it was. I was not being able to. Be did do twenty seven years because yeah. I would have got out like be sixty or something like that. So I remember this guy saying, "In everyone's case, there's something wrong. You can't leave it up to your lawyer to do it. It's got to be on you. If something the judge did, your lawyer, the prosecutor, the arresting cop, the detective, yeah. the paperwork, something somewhere is wrong." So I say, "Okay, all right, this what? What? Okay, man." 27 years, I got my PSI. They're talking about this right here. They're trying to make me a, a, a violent habitual offender. Right. I was like, man, what the hell is a violent habitual offender? I said, okay, I'm signing up for the lie law girl. I wrote down, signed up for the lie so law So did you already get, you, you just have the PSI. No, I, just got, I ain't get sentenced yet. Okay, okay. I'm, I just got the PSI. They just delivered it to me. So I said, you know what? I'm going to the law library. I go to the law library. I look up first thing. I want to know what a violent habitual offender is because that's what's giving me all this time, all these extra months. So I want to see what that is. And they say a, a violent habitual offender is a person who has two past convictions of violence or two of drug or one of each. That makes you a violent habitual offender. I say, okay, okay. All right. Uh, well, what, what I'm being charged with. So I look at my charges. I have two charges before the charge that I'm on right, and one charge after it, right? But the definition for violent habitual offender means they have to happen before. Right. Yeah, yeah. So, and, 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 and the word was consequent. I'm like, what the hell consequent mean? Right. And that's before. So, um, so I look at my charges and what it is, they try to make me a violent habitual sin. I, I have two past, I, I have two past conviction of violence, none of drugs, 
but one was before the charge and one was after the charge. And you're trying to say, now, damn, how was one before and one was after? Because I had already had one before. I got charged with a charge that they're holding me on. I bonded out and got another charge. Right. And I pled to that charge, right? But I'm still being held on that. So one was before and one was after. They both had to be before in order for them to make me a violent who bitch offender. Right. So I call my lawyer. I say, uh-uh, they can't do that. I'm saying to myself, I ripped out the page in the law library that says that, and I ripped out the definition for violent habitual offender, and I brought it back to myself. I called my lawyer. I said, um, hey, how are you? I said, hey, man, I think you need to get here because um, I think my PSI might be wrong. You, they trying to make me. He's like, okay, Robert, I'll be right there tomorrow. So when I, he came, I presented him with the information that I had. I showed it to him. He looked at it. He looked at my PSI. He looked at the dates. He's like, man, I think we got something here. He's like, you're right. We got something here. I said, yeah, 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 I got something. I said, so what you, what you going to do? He's like, well, I'm going to get the information. In one week's time, they send me amended PSI with 17 years knocked off my sentence. Nice. Just because of that one thing that I did myself. Yeah. No, you can't. You can't. Now, I could have been lazy. I could have depended yeah. on my lawyer. I could have just laid down and said, no, man. You can't rely on your lawyer. Like everybody thinks, you know, anybody who's people that have never been through the system always think, oh, well, you get a lawyer. Like all lawyers are the same. They're not all the yeah, same. They're, they're not all working they're for not, you. They're not. They're, they're not, not always interested in or, you know, it, they're not. They don't always have your interest, you know, in mind. Right. And you have to understand that the law law work it's a lot of work bro. It is. so they're it trying is. to limit limit their the ability they have of, a lot of caseloads right oh it's 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 ridiculous i'm not saying I, I, it's a ton of work you might not even get an hour worth of their time on your case man because of the simple fact they just have so many people pulling them yeah they're overloaded my my attorney i just knew he wasn't he wasn't able to do the job for me because right. and then they, the they first few anything. minutes they don't give him anything he didn't. He didn't present me anything, or he didn't. He didn't sound like, well, hey, you know what? I'm gonna find out this right here. So I said, you know, I remember that guy saying, in everyone's case, there's something wrong. So let, I'm, I'm gonna start. I can't do this time. I gotta just see what's wrong in my case. And I found, and it probably was other things that was wrong in my case. Right. But I just found that one thing at that time right there, and that was enough to knock 17 years off my sentence. And so you get 10 years. You did eight and a half. How much halfway house? None. No halfway house? None, because I had people who was, I had a house to come to, and I did no halfway house. What, I what, did three years supervised release for the feds okay. and 10 years for the state. Yeah, all right. Okay. Yeah, it's, yeah. 10 years in federal prison and three years, and, and three years pay, three years probation. Mm -hmm. Okay. Super, you didn't get, you got a year and a half off though, right? For a good time. For the... Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause yeah, you. It's, so you didn't um, do ten years in prison. No, you no, did no, eight no. and a half. Right. Cause um, what were we at? Um, eighty. What was eighty-five percent? They doing? Yeah, yeah. Eighty. Doing 80, yeah, 80, 80, yeah, eighty-five. They. So I got my little good time because it was ten, and I did eight on it, eight on it. So, um, and then I got out with, then I well, then I got out with, um, thirty-six months supervisory. I'm thinking I'm going home, but I had a concurrence. I had a concurrent sentence with the state ran with my feds and my state time like overlapped it was a little bit more so Florida was waiting for me they picked me up from Atlanta because I did all, all my time in 
and um Atlanta Atlanta Federal Prison because I had to I escaped from Orient Road one time, so I had to be um on a train. Right. <laughs> a moving train, jumped on a moving train, I escaped from booking. Um so I have to be in a maximum security and um we didn't have we only had a medium and low here. Yeah. What's the name? Our federal prison here. Coleman. Coleman. Coleman only had um a medium and a low and they were building the the max. The pin, yeah, yeah. The, the two max pins. is built now, but I was finishing up my time in Atlanta yeah. when the max finally got finished. Florida waited for me. I came here. I went to uh uh Holmes Correctional. I did two years in the state and got out from the state with a ten year probation period time and I just completed it like a year ago, August twenty eighth. All right. Let's let's end it there. If you like the video, hit the like button, share the video, subscribe to the channel, leave a comment for the algorithm, and I'll see you. Yes, sir.